Hi everyone, Chris here from 3 Plus Consulting. I'm joined by George, I'll let you guess which one, and also Craig. You will either be really upset or really pleased that this is the last in our um, series of podcast episodes related to PRISM. Um, and we're going to be focusing on this one on lessons learned. So um, maybe you want to share a few lessons learned with us for our first set of podcasts. But today we're going to be talking about lessons learned for PRISM. So George, what have we got to ask Craig about for today? Yeah, thanks, Chris. So Craig, what advice would you have for either new Prism customers or prospective Prism customers to really get the most out of Prism um, through the deployment? Hmm. So I think I think there's 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 two sets to this. I think obviously the use cases is is vital, um, and I think it's it's important that the first use case is. Uh, is a real popper and it, it sends sort of a message and gets people's attention. But it's just as important that the second, third, fourth, fifth use case drives just as much value out of it so that, you know, you get the proper return on investment from this tool. I, I, you know, the first use case, I think, is something that, that needs to be properly thought out and understood from a, what can PRISM do to what kind of question we're trying to ask from a, an, a business perspective um, so that when you showcase it to end users, be that senior leaders or, you know, your general population, that there's a real kind of wow factor to it. You know, you get that kind of ownership and that engagement straight away. I think if it shows some sort of material value or, or some sort of return to it that, you know, you get that quite, quick, quite quickly with PRISM. Um, and I think it's just as important because it, it, it sort of gets that adoption going for the second, third and fourth use case and gets people to really drive and start talking about it. You know, you want to be six months down, eight months down after an implementation and everyone's talking about PRISM because then you know it's landed well. You know that people are sort of, it's got this buzz about it, even though they might not really know what it does. Everyone's kind of got this thought of, oh, we want a bit of that prism, you know, out of there. And you talk about that first that that first use case has been absolutely key. In your experience, do you think speed or value is the most important thing for that first one? Value. And and I, you know, I'll be honest, when when I went in my first implementation, I thought, oh, we'll get something out quickly and show how fast we can get the value out of this. I, I, th I think the speed is important because it, the way that you can get stuff to do to market quickly is is a big sort of value add for this tool. But the first one, getting it right and making sure that it's providing the correct value, getting the right sort of timing and just making sure it lands correctly is just as important. So, you know, for me, I think the questions really come uh, in these implementations is about the things that you don't think about. And, and if I'm honest, and, and this is sort of was my second point, is it's things like organizational policy for in, for ingesting external data into uh, an HR platform. You know, that's not HR data. Can you do it? Can you not? You sort of ask these questions when you're starting to get going and you realize that they have big consequences. Mm -hmm. What kind of security? So your design and, and how you're going to build the use case it's just as important what kind of security you're going to overlay on the data sources that you're publishing out. Who's going to see it? Who can access this data? You know, these kind of questions are just as important. And back to your first question, you know, although an implementation is not going to never be as long as an HCM or a recruitment or that kind of project, but it, it needs the proper structure and foundation in order to land correctly. So that's a really good point with it being a little bit different, I guess, to, as you say, an HCM, a FINS or, or a recruitment implementation. But are the I suppose the constituent parts within 
the, a, a, a prism um, use case rollout the, the same. So we're still talking sort of phase zero planning plus thingy standard architect, configure and prototype, test deploy. Is it the same or is it more of an agile where they all sort of fit together and you're already testing almost from day one? I think it's it's definitely more agile. I think you know the structures are there for a reason, and, and we, we when we did our first implementation, we definitely try to keep to those structures where there was some sort of you know, a definite set of prototyping and an understanding of what we were trying to ask in terms of that solution, and then a design and test after that, and then deploy. But I, I think it's more agile in the sense that it depends who the target market is for what you're trying to to get out. So are we trying to ask a specific question and is it for a specific audience? And can we get them in early in terms of the prototyping? So so I think it's, you know, if you look at an HCM deployment, I think the difference or recruiting deployment, we're talking about an extremely wide base of population that we're normally trying to hit. With these kind of projects, I think it's quite a refined, small set that you're trying to target. And I think this gives a, a good advantage in that you can bring these people in early. Mm-hmm. They're part of the prototyping. They're part of the testing. Yeah. You know, they've already seen the product before it lands in production. So there's there's that opportunity to do proper round end-to-end testing. You know, I heard once when we were doing an HCM deployment, why can't we test against 72,000 people if there's 72,000 people in the organization? And, and I think that concept comes into play when it talks about PRISM. You know, you, you've got that opportunity to be agile and, and really deploy it how you want it. But I think the structures are important for a reason. It's proper prototype and test is there for a good reason. Yeah. And in the last episode, Craig, you talked about how essentially the sky is the limit and companies can do so much with this piece um, without doing us out of a job too much. How can you? How can customers get self-sufficient so they can really achieve all of the potential of yeah. Prism without spending a fortune on third-party consultants? It's, it's exactly. And I think... You know, when we come to knowledge transfer, and, and I think ownership is the key, uh, the way we like to do it at 3 Plus is we, we, we look at a client, we help them with that first initial use case. Um, we might do majority of the build of it, but there's some ownership from someone in that team where we do a knowledge transfer. And that second use case, I think, needs to be fully owned by the client where there's you know guidance and, and, and knowledge about how to build certain things, but that ownership really drives the development and what people learn. Because you learn by doing, right? Everybody knows that. It's not, it's not new science, this. And I think it needs to be that kind of adoption option where you get the guidance and the help on that first use case so that it pops and it lands nicely with a with a user base. So everyone thinks, wow, and you start getting that buzz around Prism. But second, third, fourth use case after that really needs to be driven through through ownership and, and you know knowledge sharing. How do people actually understand what it's trying to do and ask the right questions for what the kind of business is looking to get out of it. And would that be sitting within, you know, the HRIS team, the usual workday system owners, or is it different skills from different parts of the organization? This this is a good question. So, you know, um, a lot of clients, you know, where you break up, you have a sort of specific reporting team that looks after management information. You have a specific team that looks after integrations and something more technical, where this is kind of merging those two worlds. And I think, you know, people that have a good reporting background have a good understanding about how, from calculated fields and things like this, how to write logical case statements, but they might not necessarily have the technical expertise to build APIs and connect data sources in, where the same applies for that technical resource. So I think it's a bit of a mix of the two, where you, you need to get two teams working together, but I think it'll be one key sort of administrative team that can actually build integrations, build connectors, get data ingested into Prism, and the same team from a reporting perspective that can push that data out. 
fantastic. Craig, thank you so much um, for sharing your wisdom and experience over the past four episodes. And we hope that all of you listening have enjoyed the series. Um, Final question, Craig, how can people get in touch with you if they have further questions on, you know, what Prism can do for them or um, how they can get the most out of the product? Sure. Um, well, I think the easiest was to look us up, you know, 3 Plus Consulting. We, we have a, you know, a base on LinkedIn. Um, we have a website as well. But I think also an email at info at 3plus.co.uk is probably the easiest where you can get in touch with us, um, you know, request a bit of information and I'm sure we can set something up and, and drop you some information from there if, you, if you're if you looking to get in touch. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. And thank we you. hope all of you guys have enjoyed listening. And um, yeah, let us know what you think of this podcast series and if we should make any in the future. Thank you. <laughs>